Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Fort Worth Star Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. I'm Peter Dawson, as always, joined by Brian Gossett for episode number. I mean, we've done 17 of these things now. Oh yeah, it's it's it felt like the first day, and now we're on episode 17. So technically, this is the off season, but uh, as so many of you well know, that uh, there really isn't an off season for Texas high school football. Brian, what do we have on tap for today's episode? Yeah, we're going to start with a couple of high recruits around the area. Start off with uh, Jalen Callon, who from Legacy made his announcement, big announcement in front of the school uh, last Friday. And then also last Friday, Ken Seals, who we've talked a number of times, the quarterback from Weatherford, he played in an international bowl at the at Cowboy Stadium. And then uh, we'll get into some basketball as, as the playoffs are just around the corner. And then soccer, which uh, just finished up their third week of the season. Right. And you mentioned Catalan, uh, Jalen Catalan. We'll dive in right there with that first topic. The four-star safety from Mansfield Legacy. We discussed him on last week's podcast. Uh, at the time of of the episode, even by the time uh, that the episode ran, we did not know where he was going to commit. He was the highest rated uh, recruit for this uh, for this class that's going to college next year that had not committed up to that point. But now he has made his decision. And my, now, Brian, my memory is a little hazy, but who did, where did you have him going beforehand? I had uh, Texas. I think we both felt Texas, and, and you guys feel free to call me and check the tape, but I think we both had him going to Texas for a number of different reasons. At least my reasoning was that they seem to have identified and developed uh, really young blue chip uh, talent. Uh, his final four were Texas, uh, like we mentioned, TCU, OU, but the fourth school was the one that he ultimately went with, and that was Arkansas. Uh in total, that makes three from Legacy that, and and we're going to talk about the reason that he went, and that would be head coach Chad Morris, obviously, who is, a, is very familiar with this area. Uh, Catalan will be joining teammates, uh, defensive line teammates, uh, Torian Carter and Enoch Jackson. Uh, we've got a little bit of sound here, but Brian, I guess we could start with your thoughts. Yeah, I think I had, I had Texas and Arkansas uh, one and two, then followed by Oklahoma, then TCU. Um, like you said, I I felt strong on Texas, um, just what they were bringing up, and it, it kind of seemed like they were turning a corner there, and then just the ability to maybe play uh, football and baseball, uh, which which I thought Texas was strong, but uh, he went with Arkansas. I was there at the commitment, and uh, this is kind of why he went with the Razorbacks. Arkansas felt like family, you know, when I went on my official visit and everything, it just felt felt like home. After weighing my options, I felt like my best opportunity to grow as a person and as a football player would be at Arkansas, you know. I think I believe in Coach Morris would have gone down there. I'm excited to get down there and get ready to work, but I really, I mean, it was just a blessing to be in this process, and now that it's over and I found my home, I mean, let's get better than this. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned later on that it was a tough decision, and actually the uh, previous weekend he had made that decision. Uh, just a very, you know, humble kid, uh, high on family and faith. You know, Chad Morris, uh, we talked last week, uh, last week's episode, he was the first offer uh, that Catalan received was from SMU. And at the time, SMU's head coach was uh, Chad Morris. So they've they've kept that relationship strong. You know, Morris never dropped Catalan. He was always strong on him, made him a priority. And uh, like you mentioned there, he, he's going to join two others from Legacy, uh, TC, Terry and Carter, and Enoch Jackson. So that helps. And uh, I also asked 
uh, Jalen Callon about that, about joining uh, two of his teammates. Been, I mean, we always talked about playing with each other, but then they want to go what was best for us. But just the fact that praying about God and knowing that Arkansas is my place and being on TC there too, I mean, like, like reunite, like family reunion, we reunite, and then we just had the same goals we had here, which was to uh, put uh, people on top. We're going to put Arkansas on top. We believe in that, but, you know, it's going to take dedication and people like like us to come in and change the program. But we're just real happy that I'm just real happy I found a home and I feel, I feel so comfortable with my decision. So I'm just ready. I'm just ready to go. Yeah, and uh, if you kind of catch some uh, Twitter action or some videos there, uh, both uh, Tarion and Enoch were kind of going live on their phones, and um, the phone, Enoch's phone was shaking. You know, he was he was excited, and then the video that I kind of took. If you if you pay attention closely behind uh, Jalen, you can see Tarion just sprinting around the court with excitement that he that he's joining them over there at Arkansas. Certainly, I mean, you've been here for a number of years and you've covered this stuff extensively, but certainly the social media digital hype has changed even a, a significant amount over that period yeah, of time, even right? Yeah, even if my five uh, short years, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's been social media crazy. And yeah, it, it, was, it was great to see. You know, they're, they're, all three of them are excited to get going and uh, hopefully get them in the right direction in the, in the powerful SEC Right, and our, uh, more, a lot of people, obviously, players and, and alumni and fans believe that Morris has, has things going in the right direction for Arkansas, but they kind of got a long way to go in terms of digging that program uh, kind of out of the near the bottom of the SEC. Now, and, and it gets confusing. We're going to move into the National Signing Day, the official national, no, I shouldn't say official, but another National Signing Day kind of landmark on the calendar, again, for this coming class. It would be February 6th. Now, we've already had a couple of these, and, and most of the top prospects, if not all, I think in the top 30 by this point, have, have, have committed, committed yeah. right? Uh, and most it, of them have signed. The early signing period was uh, that same week as state championship week in December. Right, and, and it gets pretty cluttered. But real quickly, to recap where things are, for, I know we have a, a lot of fans and college uh, alumni of, of these, uh, these SEC, Big 12, and some local DFW schools. So the dust is pretty much all settled. I think the rankings ended up, you had A&M with the third class ranked nationally. Texas came in with eighth. They seem like they've been under Tom Herman. They've been turning things around. TCU comes in at 30, uh, which is a little surprising. They usually finish right around 30, but Texas had had taken a number of recruits, high-profile recruits from them this year, which is a little bit unusual. And the next school on this list surprised me a little bit, which is Baylor at 37, obviously, there was a question about whether Matt Rule was going to end up with the New York Jets or not, but he seems to be uh, riding the ship at Baylor after everything that took place there. SMU comes in at 62. Texas Tech obviously falls down the list probably to where they've been a little bit years prior, obviously with the departure of Cliff Kingsbury and now uh, Matt Wells from Utah State there. They're at 63. And then UNT uh, continues to climb. Seth Luttrell obviously didn't end up at Kansas State, like some thought he might. They're at 65. What, what was your takeaway from kind of macro, whether it's players or, or colleges, and how they did uh, in this market? Uh, for DFW? Yeah, we'll start with DFW. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think UNT and TCU are, are top of the list. Uh, you know, UNT got some great kids, especially kind of the, the turnaround season they had, the exciting season they had. I know TCU's got, um, you know, two kids from Alito with uh, Code Ellison and and Wyatt Harris. Uh, Wyatt was the uh, defensive MVP of the 5A 
D2 game and coach been one of the top defensive ends of uh, the past two or three seasons so um, I think at the top you got to go with TCU or UNT you can you can flip-flop one of those two for for number one number two but um, yeah I got, I got to go with those two and, and it's certainly interesting because if you look down the list I mean you have Jimbo you have Herman now who are settling in second and third year Gary Patterson obviously might never leave uh, rule assuming he doesn't jump ship uh, and then Texas Tech uh, with a first-year head coach. Latrell probably of this group might be the closest uh, to leaving, but it seems like all of these coaches are settling in uh, to where they are or getting acquainted at the very least. So it doesn't seem like you have a lot of coaches who are going to be on the way out. So you could see you know, the coaches you have across the state now uh, are going to be the coaches that are going to be battling for recruits at least for the next three or four years. Yeah, and uh, you know this is a perfect place to to get your recruits anywhere you are. You know, you got Texas has to be on top of your list in terms of recruits. You talk about Jimbo Fisher; um, he's been doing really well. I've seen him just kind of coming around DFW the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nick Saban was around. I know he was there at Legacy. Uh, Jeff Carter, uh, who signed in December with uh, with Bama there. So and then Lincoln Riley, obviously, Lincoln Riley, yeah, picks off plenty of kids from this area. Definitely, and um, you know, just. Anywhere you are, any school, any coach, you know, they're always going to find their way here at DFW because, you know, Texas uh, Texas high school football is king. And that's before we even uh, down the road get to the mighty uh, UTA Arlington Mavericks jumping back in the mix with the football. Uh, but that's going to be a conversation for a different day. Speaking of uh, players that are, you know, star players that are coming up for the upcoming class, the class of 2020, we're going to shift, and this is, again, a player that we're going to be talking a lot about, and that's Weatherford's Ken Seals. Again, Brian and I have covered, you know, eventually I think we're going to end up probably getting him on the show, hopefully, to talk a little bit about these this process. You had the International Bowl, uh, as it has uh, the last couple years, International Bowl 10, that took place Friday night at AT&T Stadium. Uh, so this is the fourth time that Seals has played in this game. This time he's playing for the under-18 national team. The U.S. defeats Canada 27-10. Seals was able to throw the first touchdown pass 58 yards to Jared Gibson. He's from California. Brian, you got to see some of this game. What did you see, and what did you see from Seals? Yeah, and we talked, you know, covering Seals for how many years. I actually talked to his dad after the game. You know, the first time I wrote a story about Seals was in the seventh grade because he won one of those national quarterback competitions in Ohio. Actually won it seventh and eighth grade, and, and now... You know, he's coming up his senior year, so uh, like the, the saying goes, time sure does fly. But, uh, you know, he kind of he split time there uh, on Friday with another quarterback, and so he, he didn't see a lot of snaps. But uh, like you mentioned, he was able to get off a, a nice 58-yard touchdown pass to get the scoring going. Um, it was only 14-0 at halftime, but uh, they scored a couple there in the second half to pull away. And uh, like Seals, uh, talked to Seals after the game, he knew coming in what was at stakes because uh, the U.S. under-18 national team uh, just didn't have a really good record, uh, especially against Canada. I think Canada came in. Uh, which is odd. Which is odd. And, and I, I found out that Canada, uh, those guys on Canada were a year older because they don't have the same <laughs> level, uh, 18 or 17s, I guess it would be. Um, but, yeah, Seals uh, was just proud of his, his guys, and uh, this is what he had to say. I mean, this was probably the closest game we had usually, you know. 
we put it to them. But in the past, this U18 team has been 1-7, uh, and seven, I think, of this game. And so coming in, we kind of had a chip on our shoulder all week. But um, I think we really handled business, and it shows. So we weren't worried about that. We went 1-0 today, and I couldn't be more proud of the team. And like you mentioned, you know, it's fourth fourth time playing in this international bowl, and um, it just it, it looks like there's going to be a fifth next year. Right. Um, and uh, kind of talked about that, you know, asked him, you know, can you take away anything new? He's been here four times now, and uh, this is what he had to say. I mean, it's always new lessons every time you get to meet, you know, new new people and uh, new coaches, new plays. I mean, every time you come here, it's something different. So I mean. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's a character builder, getting to work out in the community every year. But, I mean, I, I definitely love coming here, and uh, I, I enjoy it so much. Yeah, and before we get going, I uh, just want to mention uh, one of his teammates, Logan McDonald, who uh, just finished up his junior season with Nolan Catholic. Um, he saw a majority of the snaps on the offensive line. So he said Rice, uh, he had some interest from Rice. Some Big 12 schools were uh, looking at him. No official offers, but uh, just remember the name Logan McDonald. Yeah, and and real quickly, the last note on Seals, and, I, and we talked about this a little bit before the show. You know, he's got offers. The the four that the, he's got offers from a number of different schools, but the four that stick out to me, and they're programs that are, I would say, uh, kindly a little bit academically more inclined. People associate, and that'd be Vanderbilt, Boston College. Uh, NC State and Kansas programs that are, uh, you know, trying to turn things around and seem like they have things in the right direction. Um, and going forward, you know, especially since I've talked to him, since you've talked to him, uh, obviously him having to sit out a year and, th- you know, probably altered his recruiting process. I think he said that and will continue to say that. And you and I both think that, you know, he's drawn interest from places like UNC, OU, SMU, TCU, Texas. The question is, how, how has it altered his process in regards to that? And, and once those kind of big offers start coming, because you and I both think they will be, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate it. Because talking to him and talking to his father, it seemed like, uh, again, like some prospects in Texas, but not many, that they are keeping a pretty open mind nationally to where he might consider going. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if we've said it many times, but uh, he is ranked the, the number one pro-style quarterback in the class of 2020 in the state. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, you, hit it there, you hit it on the nail there. It's just that year sitting out last season after transferring from Azo uh, just didn't help. But, uh, you know, kept a relationship with some of those coaches. You know, during the summer I did a story. You can go check it out. But uh, traveling over 9,000 miles to – over you know 16 17 schools for their various camps uh lsu georgia baylor uh, some of the big ones there um it's it that he's kind of picked it back up and and definitely with the help of playing this year and the international bowl and and just his continued process um some of these bigger schools are going to about to offer and um, you talked about Boston College in Kansas. Uh, they actually just offered here in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, uh, you know, expect some of these bigger ones to keep coming this summer and, and probably his senior year at Weatherford. Now, moving on, and, and we've been teasing it for a, uh, a couple of weeks now, but I think this will be our first episode where we actually do a bit more of a deep dive into boys and girls basketball uh, as well as s- taking a look ahead at soccer. You know, 
the girls' basketball season, it's, it's crazy already on the calendar. The regular season is on the end of the regular season is only two and a half weeks away. The boys are done a week after that. Again, we haven't talked as much about this, but Brian, let's start with you. Uh, favorite, at least what you've seen so far, and there's been a number of action. Give me some favorite players, some favorite teams, both uh, on the boys' and girls' side that you've seen so far and that you're, you're keeping an eye on going forward. Yeah, uh, it, it seems like every year, you know, DFW is just loaded with, with talent on, on both sides. Uh, it, it seems like the boys' side this year is, is talented that ever – um, the rankings came out for the uh, state rankings, excuse me, on, on Monday. And in 6A alone, you have uh, eight of the top 10 are from Dallas Fort Worth. You know, you start with Allen, who's the defending 6A state champs. And then you have, uh, I've seen Duncanville a couple times. They look very good. Jemias Ramsey, if you get a chance to watch him, uh, you know, be sure you're filming because he's a uh, highlight reel. He'll, he'll give you amazing, you know, dunks. And uh, they're number two in the state. And just a little uh, little fact here, you know, Duncanville is number two, North Shore is number one. And, yeah, football uh, and basketball, and right? Football They've already won. They're not satisfied with just, just football. football. You know, I'm sure – wait, now when's the last – Allen did it last year, correct? Uh, or two years ago in Allen, football and basketball. Allen, basketball uh, Allen won in basketball and football last season. Right, yep. And Allen basketball wasn't necessarily favored, I don't think, no, to win it. But no. they, they came and shocked Geyer, who, who I'm going to get to in a second. But yeah. go on. And Geyer, you, you can't uh, count them out. You know, they're, they're number five in the state. They probably have the best uh, one-two combo there. And, and Davion Harmon, uh, who's signed to OU. And then Jalen Wilson, who's signed to Michigan. North Crowley, you know, uh, if we look at 6A teams in our area, specifically Fort Worth area, North Crowley, has always been uh, one of the top 6A teams. Tommy Bracco's heck of a coach. Home of the Langford brothers, I profiled this summer. Uh, they all played there. You know, there's obviously the TCU and the Kansas uh, split there. Yes, yeah, so like you said, lots of lots of rich, uh, lots basketball. of talent. Yeah, and they just want. He's been there. Uh, he's been their only coach since they opened up uh, 20, 21 years ago. They just got their 600 win ever. Uh, so watch out for them. You know, Timberview has always been in the mix. Uh, they won state two years ago in 5A. They they came up short last season. Uh, Waxahachie beat them there in the third round, I believe. Um, but they're right back up there, I think, number two or three. You can't count out Northwest. Uh, it's a down year, but um, they have made it back, uh, back-to-back back trips to the state tournament, and they're going for a third, hopefully get over the hump. And, uh, you know, Lancaster, number one. When I first got here, they had won a state title. Uh, two straight years. Now they're back at number one in 5A. Uh, you know, I missed out uh, J.J. Pierce in 6A. They're also in the top 10. Drew Timmy's, uh, if you get a chance to watch him too, he's, he'll put up 25, 30 points. He's signed to Gonzaga. And then some of the lo- smaller schools, you know, Wilmer Hutchin uh, in the Dallas area is, is ranked number one in 4A. So that's just the the boys alone. And, and uh, uh, maybe an underdog, you know, I've seen them last week. They beat Grapevine by 16 points is White Cement Brewer, the, the Bears. Uh, I can't remember what their ranking is this se- uh, this week, but last week they entered number 15. Um, they're like 21-4, and four, undefeated in di- district. And, um, yeah, so that's just that's just boys, Peter. Yeah. Um, and, and like I mentioned, DFW just seems so loaded. Um, I, I really it's – it's hard to pick a favorite right now. Um, but I think Geyer and Allen probably up top of the list in 6A. Um, Timmerview, Lancaster in 5A. South Garland, who I didn't mention, 
They also went to the state tournament. So uh, what Tyrese Maxey, who's a five-star kid, uh, committed uh, signed to Kentucky. So just loaded. If you get a chance, Peter, to, to watch some basketball, go for it. Yeah, I was bummed that I didn't get to see uh, Ramsey, who you mentioned, and Duncanville uh, take on Geyer because, you know, obviously different classes, but... I, you know, Duncanville prevailed in that one, and I, I covered Geyer a little bit last year. Uh, you know, they had three four-star guys back then. Now they have two, but Harmon and Wilson, again, like you mentioned, the best one-two punch, but they went down early. I believe it was the quarterfinals uh, they made of to, the state tournament. Uh, they made it to the regional, regional tournament. Home. That's right. And I believe it was uh, Allen, it was Allen that yeah, knocked which, them off. Which, which was a surprise and an upset, I think, because I, at least from what I saw uh, last year in, in the limited sample size, I thought Geyer was the best team in the state. And they were the best team in the nation. I think For a little bit, yeah. I think Max Preps had them ranked uh, number one in the nation. And uh, so, so Harmon and, and Wilson are backs. Uh, they're probably like we last run at it. Use the word for Alito. They're angry. They're hungry. Yeah, you wonder though. I you know talking to them last year. I mean, they were so it's two trips in the state tournament. I, I forget what the result was the week the year before. They didn't quite uh, win uh, win a state championship. But I know that one wonder if it's a case of squeezing on too tight because I know that you know considering that with Harmon and Wilson, you know Wilson's committed to Michigan, Harmon's committed to OU. You wonder if you know they go into every game virtually favored, at least in Texas. Uh, so interesting to see how they how they kind of continue uh, through this season. Now, what have you seen from the girls' side? Uh, girls, you know Timberview again. I mean, they're number one. They're they're looking for a third straight trip to the state title. They came up short uh, in both previous uh, two years in the state title game. So they're trying to get over that hump and win a title this season. Uh, they're twenty nine and one. Number one in uh, 5A. Their only loss coming to Cedar Hill, who like another local team. Another local team, but they're like Allen. Um, I didn't expect Cedar Hill to be this good. They're ranked number one in 6A. Um, I d- didn't get a chance to see the rankings this week, but DeSoto was number two, and they're in the same district. Cedar Hill and DeSoto is, so that's a, a tough district uh, for some of these other teams. Um, L.D. Bell uh, with Myra Gordon, who's a very highly recruited uh, 2020. You know, they only have one loss on the on the season in district, 26-3 and three overall. Uh, she's averaging a little over 27 points per game. Uh, I, got it, I got it on my calendar for next week is uh, L.D. Bell hosting Richland. Richland is a surprise uh, team. They're, they've done really well, and they brought a lot of returners back. But they only they're tied. They're both tied at seven and one in three six a. Richland handing Bell their only loss in district play. So uh, you go to Timberview's district. You know Crowley and Legacy are are, are both state ranked. Uh, Brock in, in terms of the smaller schools three a. They're a, they're always been a, a good basketball team. And then look out for seven five a with the top four just kind of a game. One or two games within each other, you know, Boswell, Grapevine, Birdville, who's a heck of a defensive team, Colleyville Heritage. Um, but, yeah, my pick right now would be Timberview in 5A um, and, and 6A really, you know, I guess by default, Cedar Hill because they're number one. But, um, you know, it could be anyone. Now, third sport of the podcast, and obviously the weather's a little bit cold outside. Now, see, this is weird to me because some places play soccer in the fall. Some play in the spring, and now we're, we're, we're dealing with the cold other soccer now. Third week of the season already. 
you just posted the start uh, on the star tel- startelegram.com again a reminder uh, star-telegram.com dfwvarsity.com you can find all our content as well as our uh, Twitter and Facebook pages but you just posted our first soccer rankings of the season what's that looking like so far and and kind of where do you see it going early contenders maybe already if uh, if you're a fan of Salt Lake Carroll then you'll like the rankings because both girls and boys enter as my number one in the area uh, I believe they have identical 9-0-1 records uh, Carroll for sure is my pick for the 6A state title um, always a great team under Matt Colvin a lot of talent a lot of D1 talent we're talking OU Texas Baylor um, the list goes on uh, I think they signed maybe six or seven kids from the soccer team in November, came up short in the regional quarterfinals. Um, Allen was good last year. Marcus uh, went to the state tournament. I think they're both a little down. So Carol's my pick. Uh, boy side looking really strong. Uh, in terms of a little out of the area, just for uh, refresher, Wakeland boys and girls won the 5A state title. So heck of a year for that school. And um, can't count out Kennedale. In 4A, uh, Alito in 5A. Alito looks really good. They haven't lost a game. Burleson Centennial uh, girls also has, haven't lost a game. Uh, and then Sam Houston, kind of the boys. Been to state, I believe, two of the last three, uh, four years. Uh, back-to-back player of the year, Jose uh, Ortiz. He's already got over 20 goals in three weeks. He's probably going to break the school record. He's got I don't 70 goals in three years. Um, and, and and Arlington Lamar looks really good. They just actually beat Sam Houston in PKs on Friday. So um, top to bottom looks looks good. Uh, we're just three weeks in, but um, yeah, go check out the the, late, the first area rankings on dfwvarsity.com. Yep. So uh, that's a good transition, Brian. What do you uh, in addition to the rankings we just mentioned? What uh, what do you have going on content wise this week? I know you just got back from somewhere that you're kind of anxious to tell people about. Yeah, just Davey O'Brien Award, uh, the luncheon. It's the 33rd annual high school scholarship award. Uh, went there Tuesday, the Fort Worth Club, uh, and there'll be a story there on dfwvarsity.com. But uh, Wakeland's. Hannah Mundell uh, was able to win it. She'll be honored um, next month or in March. I can't remember, but um, at the Davy O'Brien uh, banquet with Kyla Murray. She'll, right. get, she'll be able to get meet Kyla Murray there. So um, check out the story. She's a lot of honors, great kid, you know, 5.4 GPA, which I didn't know wow. it went that high. But um, <laughs> that's what that's what we got going on. And then the next couple of weeks, just watch, watch for all this – you know, signing day, signing day list and leading up to the National Signing Day. Right. And as always, we'll have you covered with all that. Maybe when you uh, when you if you go to the banquet, you can ask Kyler about his uh, his baseball and football plans, because obviously the more of those will be, will be inching closer to the NFL draft. But in terms of our content, uh, again, we're going to have you covered next this week and next week and uh, in the next few weeks with all of the kind of football uh, recruiting roundup recap for 2019. We may even start the very early discussions about uh, recruits for 2020 uh, we have with Ken Seals already. Uh, again, also uh, boys and girls basketball as well as soccer going forward. So uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show and uh, look forward to having you back next week. <laughs>